What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ski System Podcast. I'm your host, Abe Maynard, the founder of the Ski System. And I've got an interesting episode for you today. I'm basically going to parallel the blog post that is launched for the members portal on GetSkiSystem.com. And it is titled, Three Tips for Leveling Up Your Skiing in February. Now, this is a timely article because we are in the end of the first phase of winter, essentially. Some people get on snow in November. Most get on snow in December. Across the West Coast and Colorado, there was a wild December. Some of the most snow I've ever seen. I mean, at one point, there was so much snow in Lake Tahoe. I actually saw videos of friends taking snowmobiles to go get coffee. But as I've said before, the preseason is a hairy time of year because there's so many features that are falsely covered by snow. So it presents somewhat of a risk for those of us that are excited to get back on the mountain, that have been training to get back on the mountain. You basically get peak stoke meets the worst conditions of the year dusted on by whatever snow has fallen. Fortunately, this year actually produced quite a good base, at least for the West Coast, Colorado. Can't say the same necessarily for the East Coast, um, but there's enough snow out there that a lot is covered, a lot is open, and it's early. So I figured I would put this article out and kind of parallel it with the podcast here so that we can just get a little bit about the mindset of how to think about the next month here. Because at the end of January, you get February, March, those are really the bulk of the ski season. That's when you're gonna see some of the most progressive skiing. For most of us, that's when we feel like our feet are back under us. We have that confidence again. And that's when we really start to push it. And then it's April. And with April, similar to December, you again, just need to be mindful of those conditions because Things change so fast with heat. You know, you can uncover stuff that wasn't there before or that you hadn't been thinking about all season because the snow coverage was really good. And, and that's where things can, you know, lead to injury. So we're all about having fun, training hard so that we can ski to our best abilities. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. I'm also thinking about getting some intro music. I don't really know. If you guys like <laughs> the podcast as it is, great. If you think there should be some intro music, totally open to that. Send me a DM. If you know someone who would want to record some intro music, maybe that would make it a little bit more fun and, and professional here. So here's my three tips. I'm going to talk a little bit about what they are, and then we'll break them down throughout this episode so that you can start to implement them this season. The three tips, the three things that I think about when I'm, when I'm moving into February and kind of the bulk of the season are to let it run to hike back bowls and features, and then to ski with people that are better than me. Why let it run? Well, to me, one of the most important reasons that we strength train is so that we are conditioned and ready for the season. What's the point of all this training and working out and gym days and sacrifices if it's not for the betterment of your season so that you can get out there and really charge? But letting it run is a specific approach to skiing because in my eyes, for skiing to be fun, you have to be pushing your threshold, the limits of what you're capable of. 
And one of the biggest hurdles there is speed and control. But again, the purpose of training so hard and preparing your body is it so it can respond to the environment. It can respond to changes in speed, increases in speed, decreases in speed, speed as it changes across different pitches of the mountain. Letting it run is just adopting this mindset that you're going to point it a little bit more. You've been training hard. Your body's ready. You're conditioned. You've got the stability. You've got the mobility. You've got the strength. You've been consistent on your program, busting your ass. You can prove it in the app because it shows you how consistent you've been. Let it go a little bit. See how your training is paying off. And this doesn't mean that you just got to go to the highest run on the mountain and point it straight down some crazy shoot and risk injury. It just means take a run that you're really comfortable with, one that you do all the time and go a little bit faster. Provided it's safe, there's not a ton of people on the run, you feel comfortable, just see what it feels like to get a little bit more speed underneath you. See what it feels like to try to respond to things as they come at you faster. And I wouldn't recommend this if you weren't consistent on your training program. That is the prerequisite. That must happen prior to this. That's what training is for. It's what we're conditioning our body for. is so that we can be out there with increased development of proprioception and an understanding of where we are and turn it up a little bit. So the next time that you're out there, find a run that you really love, find a run that you feel confident on and just try to let it run a little bit. See what happens. Take some mental notes, take stock. How does your body respond? And if you feel like certain things stick out, Hey, you know, I, I tried to go fast on this run or I tried to open it up a little bit more. And I really noticed this, or I went to make a turn and this wasn't here. I really lost confidence in that. DM me, send me an email, reach out to me. I'm here for that. I want to help you. I want to help you ski the absolute best that you've ever skied. I want to help point to areas in your program where you can make improvements, where you can improve so that when you get back out there, you have a hundred percent of yourself behind you going to whatever degrees of difficulty and expertise you want to take it to this season. So tip number one is to let it run a little bit. The second one is to hike features. In the beginning of the season, we're a little bit limited in our access. You know, there's not a lot of the mountain that's open. And so we're really kept not just in bounds, but we're also kept to specific runs that the mountain's able to take care of. So the reason that I think it's so valuable to train in addition to everything from the first point is it makes you conditioned enough so that you can go do things like hike back bowls and hike further features without being so fatigued by the end of it that you're worried about skiing down. You want to be ready for it. Be pumped up, be amped, be excited when you get to the top, not tired, not like you need to take a break. That's the purpose of training. Train, condition your heart rate, condition your body, condition yourself so that when you get on snow, if someone wants to go hike a back bowl, you do it. Say 100%, yeah, let's go. Get up to the top and then <laughs> beat the people that are behind you. Get the good tracks. I also like hiking features because it's a special part of being on the mountain where you get to experience something that's reserved only for those that put in the effort to get there. So you can't take a chairlift, which means you got to walk. And just by that alone, you're going to cut out so many skiers, so many boarders that don't want to put in that effort because they'd rather take a chairlift. 
now with how many people there are on the mountains these days, of course, there's still going to be people up there. But I spoke about this in a previous episode, like I was up in Mammoth and the ski patrol dropped the rope for us. Now, had I not been trained or conditioned, I had not been working on my conditioning, that would have been horrible. I would have felt like a goon with my friends, watching them all hike up to the top and me having to either be way last and let a bunch of people go by. No, we were ready. Everyone had trained. They were conditioned. Rope got dropped. We hiked up to the top as fast as we could. And we beat the first chairlift left because we were ready for it. So take advantage of the fact that you've been training. Take advantage of the fact that you've been conditioning your body and go out there and put it to work. You've worked your ass off to be where you are right now. So hike features that you've wanted to, that maybe you've put off in the past because you're worried about lactic acid in your legs, or you don't want to get tired, or you weren't sure if there was going to be enough oxygen at the top. You didn't want to be winded. You're ready now, do it. And your skiing will improve 100% because you'll be faced with new obstacles, new conditions, new terrain, new environment. And all those new things are available to you because you've put in the work. It doesn't mean that we're all trying to go to the Olympics. It just means we're trying to get ready for the season. And now the season's here. So let's take advantage of it. I love the feeling of getting to the top of a long hike and just clicking in and going, not needing to stop, not needing to find water, just getting there, going and being confident in my abilities that we are going to rip this line and get down to the bottom and everyone's just going to be beside themselves because it's so awesome that we're here. So get out there, hike a back bowl, hike features that you wouldn't have otherwise. And that brings me to my third point. And in my eyes, probably the most valuable ski with people that are better than you. There is not a sport on earth where people don't improve by surrounding themselves with people that are more skilled than they are. The best defensive players in basketball get better because they guard the best shooters. Up and coming boxers get better because they spar with boxers that are better than they are. Skiers get faster. World-class skiers get faster because they chase the record holder. When you surround yourself by people that are more skilled than you are in anything in life, it automatically levels you up. It's contagious to be around other people's energy and If you're someone who's been wanting to push your skiing, you've been wanting to take it to the next level. You took the first step this year and you invested in your own strength and conditioning with the ski system. You've been training, you've been consistent. Now it's time to surround yourself with people that are better than you confidently because your body's ready. It's conditioned and it's good to go. Put yourself on runs with people that ski faster. People that look down the run and see something different than you do, because maybe you've always skied the same run the same. And now skiing with people that are better than you, they show new obstacles, new features, new ways of getting down the mountain. And that's what's so fun about it. It's like you're painting a picture when you ski down the mountain. There's so many different ways that you can do it. But when you're surrounded by people that are better than you are, it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. This doesn't mean that you have to do things you don't want to do. It just means that you will be pushed to try things that are right on the verge there. This last weekend, or last week rather, I was up in Palisades for the first time ever, had an absolutely epic time. Alpine and Palisades are got to be my two favorite mountains that I've skied in the past 10 years. The amount of terrain at Palisades was wild. I just couldn't believe that we were inbounds for 90% of the stuff we were skiing. 
And one of the runs we took, we were trying to get this photograph shot and we needed a bunch of rocks as like a backdrop. And so we found this run that we could hike to. And then we had to traverse up through these rocks. So you basically go up in between these two rocks. It's really, really steep, but not sketchy. And we get to the top and then there was this strange, it was like a causeway that kind of went around up against the mountain, but there was only a little path that you could walk, you know, maybe a foot and a half wide, wide enough to fit your ski boots, but not much wider than that. And I got up there and I looked at it and I was like, I don't know, like this is kind of hairy. I looked down and it basically just gullies into a chute. And then you don't know if it's like a 20 foot drop on the other side or a hundred foot drop. But needless to say, this situation wasn't ideal. And my boots are so slick. I don't even know why. I have these Dalbello Ilmoro boots and they're like that, they're like racing slicks for some reason. There's just absolutely no grip on them. And so I looked down and I saw that like the first angle was I was going to slide. I knew I was going to slide no matter what, but I couldn't slide too much because on one side of it, I didn't know if there was a cliff. And I had this moment where I was like, I don't really know if I want to do this. I think this isn't worth it. Like we should just go down. And I did it anyway, because I was with people that ski more intense stuff than me. But with that came a little bit of confidence. I was like, look, if these guys can walk across this and get to the other side, I can walk across it and get to the other side. And I did. And then the guy behind me did. And we got to the other side and we went up this other rock around to the top and opened up this insanely sick run. So here's an example of a position that I wouldn't have put myself in by myself. And I wouldn't have put myself in that position with 85, 90% of the people I typically ski with. But with these people that were better than I was, more skilled at hiking conditions, more knowledgeable of the area, more knowledgeable of the mountain and what was around, I pushed myself. And all because of this decision, because of being around this group of people that were pushing my limits, not aggressively, but just by being around them, we got the best run of the day, the best snow, the best exposure. We got the photograph that we needed. All these great things happened as a result of that. And it turns out in hindsight, there wasn't a 50 foot drop. It was just kind of a sketchy mix of rocks and bushes. And it would have been a pain in the ass if you fell, but it wouldn't have been deathly. But being around these people leveled up my skiing. You know, at this point, I ski significantly less in total than I did when I was competing. So every time I'm out there counts so much. And it was a really interesting thing to reflect on how much more fun that day and that week was because I was surrounded by people that were safely pushing my limits. And when I reflect back on my career as a competitive skier, and if I honestly think about any time I've ever trained in the gym, I have never improved more than when I tried to follow the fastest skiers down the mobile course. It forced me to go bigger on my airs, faster through the middle section, develop a sense of control on my landings. Otherwise, I would have just continued to ski slow and safe like I did in the past. It was those progressions and skiing around those people that pushed me to get better and to excel to the level that I did. But it never would have happened if I didn't have the teammates that I had. And the same could be said for strength training in the gym. Everything that I've learned about strength training, 
I've learned from people that knew more than I did. Every time that I've had a personal record or some sort of strength metric or bar set, it was because I was surrounded by people that were stronger than I was. It matters so much who you surround yourself with when you're out there. So surround yourself with smart people, but surround yourself with people that are better than you are at the sport because you've worked really hard to get to this spot. You've trained a lot. You've stayed consistent. You've kept up with your program. You've implemented new exercises and you've built a body that's ready to finally push it, finally take your skiing to the next level and look back on this season as one of the most pivotal seasons in your life. So those are my three tips, friends. To recap, it's to let it run, bring some speed into your life, hike back bowls and hike features, and then surround yourself and ski with people that are better than you and enjoy it. All of these things are not to make it so cookie cutter and bland, but more just things that you can sprinkle into your season, ways that you can think about February to really take your skiing to the next level. And then who knows? You keep improving and getting better and enjoying the sport, sport more. You don't know what opportunities will come your way. I got really, really, really lucky. And I had a friend randomly reach out a couple of years ago and say, hey, you want to go heli skiing in Canada? And I had not skied in over two years, but I'd been training every single day, strength training, conditioning, keeping my body ready for anything. And when I got that call, I said, hell yeah, and went and had the trip of a lifetime. But it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't maintain my consistency, strength and conditioning. So enjoy yourselves out there. Have an awesome end of January, a fantastic February. If you have any questions, you can email me. You can DM me. Reach out. I'm here. I'm happy to help out. I want you guys to be skiing and having the best times of your life. www.getskisystem.com.